0: Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We're still knee-deep in tech, and this is episode 32, recorded on the 9th of February 2018. I'm just recovered from a head cold, uh, Simon is still working through his, so uh, maybe his voice is not exactly the way that you would, uh, would you think, <laughs> but uh, well, he is here, he has That's a putting pulse. putting it nicely. He, well, he is here and he has a pulse, and uh, well, we'll take it from there. So... We just came back from Nick, the Nordic Infrastructure Conference. Yeah, great conference, all in all. Great show. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It uh, was. It was very interesting. And I'm quite surprised that our clients or our um, colleagues didn't know about it. Yeah. And this is something we need to rectify for next year. Yeah, certainly. Because it's
1: even though it's in Oslo, some sessions are in Norwegian. But most
0: sessions are in English. So sure, and weird. I mean Norway is just next door.
1: Yeah, so it really makes sense for Swedes in particular, perhaps to go there. Yeah, but really, it's it's the Nordic Infrastructure Conference, not the Norwegian.
0: No, so great, great conference. Great conference, great speakers, lots of very interesting um, topics. Yeah, for sure. And we can't wait to go back there. It was it was fun. Yeah, and Oslo is a great city. It is. Uh, I mean, I can get lost in any city, <laughs> and and uh, Oslo, just like everybody's other city. But but yeah, it was fun. It was a bit cold though. <laughs> a bit cold. Yeah. That's not cold. Okay, it was south of twelve degrees centigrade, as in minus twelve degrees centigrade. No. Yes.
1: Moving on, we're not here to talk about the weather. Ah. Perhaps cloud, but not oh, weather. Well put. Yeah. Uh, Kick it off. Yeah, we need to start by when we recorded our last session. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had a bit of a timing issue, yes. apparently. Because Microsoft dropped a bomb two hours later. They did. Which also affected my sessions the day after.
0: But in a in a good way, sure. mostly. Yeah, you managed to to get that
1: incorporated. Bit, it.
0: Yes, a tiny bit of information incorporated into your session. Yeah. So they on
1: February the first released an updated service extension for Windows 10. Mm. And this is important. There are some. I, I'll walk through the blog post. Okay. Fairly fast, I would say, and I hope that I'll be able to record a separate episode on the blog post and what it really meant. Sure. But for the now released Windows 10 versions they've announced a six months additional servicing period for it. Uh Uh-huh. That's not including 15.11 which already received that. But for 16.07, 17.03 and 17.09 you get additional six additional months. So in total 24 months of uh, servicing support. Okay. Four. Enterprise and education. So okay. not pro, not home, right? And I saw at a fair amount of a fair amount of tweets on this is only causing more frustration and and even more like. The, when, when they start to have different servicing periods for enterprise, education, pro, home, and mm-hmm, so on, mm-hmm. it, it it creates confusion. Yeah. Even though it's a yet another great reason for an organization to go for enterprise
0: instead of pro. Can, can I just butt in with a, with a question here? Yeah. Who uses pro? I
1: have at least three organizations in close proximity to where we're recording now with plus 10,000 seats using Pro.
0: Why is that? And and keep, keep... Okay, so keep in mind that I don't know Windows, uh, Windows, yeah, Windows clients. It's cost. Okay, so it's cost. Is, is a serious cost difference yeah, you between need Pro to, and Enterprise. You need to
1: license for a, a software assurance to get Enterprise. And for 10,000 seats, that's a couple of million per year.
0: Oh, okay. So it's that big a yeah, difference. Yeah.
1: Alright. Yeah. So it's it's of course a huge cost difference. Yep. But there are so many wonderful things included in enterprise, especially. So an education, that that's a different thing, Mode. Right. There are to my knowledge very, very few schools that run anything other than education because that's fairly cheap.
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah.
1: But it's it's a cost thing, nothing mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, many of the enterprise features are mostly aimed for an environment running a local AD primarily. Oh. So when it comes to security features, it's mostly protecting an on-prem installation. So I would say if you go full cloud, there are lesser reason to go for enterprise, even though it's still a valid point.
0: Uh-huh. Interesting. And
1: and that's talking about Enterprise E3 then. You can always go to E5 and get ATP, which makes sense for most organizations, even if you're full cloud. ATP is? Advanced Threat Protection. Right. Which is a great feature. But then again, that's an additional about $80 per device per year. Oh. So that's almost double the price. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that's one of the main things uh, that they announced. And just to get it on record, again, I'm not convinced this is the good way to do it. Okay. In my opinion, there's not a single organization that couldn't cope with an 18-month servicing period as long as you do your process correctly. That's my point of view. If any Fortune 50 organization out there would like me to go and help them, I would be happy to do it free of charge. I just said that. But to be honest, I'm highly confident that we should be able to do that. I'm working with an organization at this moment who this was quite suitable for because they have already now 8,000 PCs or just about 8,000 PCs running. 1511 and 1607, and still, yeah, okay. And we had the we had a goal of migrating all of them before end of March, mm-hmm. and we're still going for that, even though they received a six additional months of rollout. Right, but I, I'm highly confident that we'll make that without problems. However, you may need to have some kind of content distribution third party content distribution software to make it work. Okay, such as? Such as 1e e, Nomad, for example.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So that's one of the things they announced. They've also announced several other new uh, support statements. Most notably, and I'll come back to this from a Citrix perspective soon, mm-hmm. Office Pro Plus. So the Office package you get when you by Office 365, Mm -hmm. will only be supported on a regular Windows 10 installation starting from January 14th, 2020. So you won't be allowed to run it on any Windows 10 long-term servicing channel release. You won't be allowed to run it on Server 2016 or older. You won't be allowed to run it on Windows 8.1 and older. Huh. And they also added, we recognize that some of our customers deliver Office to their users via remote desktop and VDI. Later this year, Microsoft will deliver new remote desktop and desktop virtualization capabilities within the semi-annual channel release cadence of Windows 10 Enterprise and Windows Server. That's interesting. And they also add a, n- a number of new things with Office 2019, which will be released H2 this year. hmm That will be supported on Windows Server, Serial Channel, and LTSC. Okay. Until that goes end of support, which, and this is quite interesting, the end of support of Office 2019 will be the same date as the end of support of Office 2016. So we now have a hard date for when you must have changed to Office Pro+. Plus which is the 14th of October, 2025. Oh. So it's seven years.
0: It is, it is a while, but still
1: it is a hard date and it's out there. Yep. So, so that was quite interesting. But then Citrix announced an article with the headline The future is now with Office 365 Professional Plus and Citrix Workspace. So they refer back to the first Microsoft blog post uh, where they then say that, yeah, this will mar- this marks a major milestone for both Citrix and Microsoft as you, our joint customers, embark on your digital transformation journey. So, and then they move on talking about Citrix Workspace. Citrix Workspace is a complete and integrated digital workspace that enables secure remote access to your desktops, data and applications, including web applications, SaaS applications, Office 365 applications and RDS applications from anywhere. So I can only view this as that the partnership between Citrix and Microsoft will be seriously important moving forward and that we'll probably see a joint offering with virtualized Office applications run by Citrix in Azure delivered to customers.
0: Very interesting. Yeah.
1: So this, like, viewing these two blog posts as... The future of Office Pro Plus and Mm -hmm. the future of Citrix and Microsoft's partnership—it's—it's hot stuff. It's so interesting to see where we
0: end up with this. But it's equally interesting to read what they write and what they don't write. Exactly. So, and they also mentioned
1: the new RDS platform. Microsoft has reaffirmed their future commitment and ongoing investment in RDS and VDI by stating that new capabilities will be coming as part of Windows Release Cadence. And they, at Ignite, they announced a few new things with RDMI, the new RDS platform, Mm -hmm. but they weren't too happy to comment how that would affect their relationship with Citrix.
0: Oh. So... But it sounds like Microsoft and Citrix has had a few rough rough months or or years trying to kind of jockey for position and see where where they will end up in in the end. And now it sounds like they've kind of buried the hatchet. Yeah. And that can only mean interesting and good stuff going forward. Yep, I agree. Cool. Well, I'll... I'll give you an interesting story actually and it's a, it's a it's a story of, of it's a story of family oh so I have a client who has had of a bit of a issue with storage somewhere along the lines a database storage went tits up Something strange happened, and they ended up with some corruption in their database. And I was called in to pretty much ascertain what has been damaged. And I've started to look through the data, and it turns out that it is only lob, as in large objects, PDF files, uh, pictures, and stuff like that, that has been damaged. Yeah. And this means that the data row in itself is okay, Yeah. but the attachments are damaged in some way. So I found a few data pages with uh, large objects that I couldn't connect back to a data row. And I started thinking, and to be entirely fair, this kind of uh, internals with regards to, to large objects, they are not my forte. It was quite some time since I spent any time doing this. So I started thinking, and I threw out a question on Twitter with the hashtag SQLHelp. Is there any way to connect a lob block back to the row? And usually you get help within minutes. And a friend of mine, Elizabeth Hunt, she took the ball and, and pinged another guy called Steve Steadman. Also known as the SQL EMT, he's a fellow medic. He's done a lot of work with corruption and asked if he could chime in. But um, this, due to the, the slight fact that we live in, in quite different time zones, yep. I didn't hear anything back. So I started thinking. And oh, I, yes, that's, that's I know useful. that's yeah. th- it, is very useful and, and never a good thing when I try it. And it turned out uh, that I had viewed the whole thing from the wrong side. Yep. There is no connection from the block back or page back to the row. But the page, the, the row knows what pages with blobs it has. Yeah, so makes sense. Makes very much sense. Yep. And when I actually looked at it and realized that that was the case, everything kind of uh, fell into place. So what I needed to do was to go through all the uh, the pages and see what block references or page references did I have for the large objects. Yep. Having done that with a nice little cursor, I could see that one of these pages uh, that was referred in my check DB as corrupt didn't have any connection to anything. So I was pretty much safe. Yeah. And then Steve came back and said, ah, uh, yes, I can help, but not in 260 characters. <laughs> so I wrote a blog post. Yep. So what he pretty much did was when I was sitting and doing the, the job, the work, he wrote a complete amazing blog <laughs> post explaining pretty much in detail exactly what I was doing. <laughs> um so he did a great write-up. I was thinking of doing a write-up, but there's no point since he did it way better than yep. I could. Um, so yeah, big shout-out to to Steve and Elizabeth and th- <clears throat> thank you very much for, for helping me. Yep, this is great. what the SQL family is all about and this is what SQL Help is all about. Yeah, and and I, I've said it
1: before, this SQL community is a truly mature one because this works. It does. And, and like viewing the Modern Workplace family, which I'm a part of, it's so freaking huge. So it doesn't work, in my opinion, as good as the SQL community.
0: Really? Yeah. That is interesting. I mean, we are quite a few people. Yeah. But I've never seen anything go unanswered if you do a a SQL help hashtag. Then again, of course, it is always about when you ask a question. Yep. If people are sleeping, they are less likely to see it. True. And I say less likely, since some people who should be sleeping have a funny <laughs> way of finding it anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alright. So, yeah, that, w- that was the story of family yep. and the story of
1: help. And everything worked out okay in the end.
0: In the end, I managed to decipher exactly what pages were damaged, and this incidentally was the exact same information that I got from DBCC CheckDB when I did a repair allow data loss, which I had to, but now I know what data, and that means that I can go back to an older backup, which had the data, since it turns out that no data had been changed for quite some time. That's lucky. Very lucky, and note to self, or tip from the pros, Never ever have a database without an integrity checking. Yep, I'm quite sure that they will never do this mistake <laughs> again. So, uh, a dangerous situation that turned out to to be okay. But yeah, yeah, don't try it at home. Well done. That was fun. Yeah,
1: and also again, you you could verify the blog post that Steve wrote, and he may got a really good up-to-date case
0: on how to use it sure and just to be very very clear i've been doing this for 20 years i don't know everything yep and this is it is no shame in asking for help no not at all considering the the amazing talent available out there and everybody's happy to help so do it moving
1: on to windows of course we have a new insider build Oh, do we know? Yeah. Again. Yep. But the interesting part is that we believe that the next version of Windows will be released early April, probably. So finalized in March. Alright. And they have already had, or it's or it's ongoing, a bug bash on the existing builds. Mm-hmm. And Wednesday They released a new build, 17.093, which includes a bunch of new features. So they are still adding more features to this build. Not saying that they will be included, but they are still testing out new things. Really? Yep. So I'll jump over the new game bar. It's really not applicable to enterprises or organizations (laughs) of any size right uh, in the build 17083 so the last one or the prior previous one mm-hmm. they introduced the data privacy tool which enables you to view your telemetry information yep, yep yep yep. now they added an additional control where you're actually able to delete your telemetry data that's been gathered on your device until you press the button okay so you're even more in control of your privacy data right which is good, Mm -hmm. I would say. They've also added some graphic improvements, so HDR video on more Windows PCs and more video controls of HDR videos. Uh, They've also added new graphic settings for multi-GPO systems. So they are actually bumping it up from, like both from a gaming perspective, Mm -hmm. but it's quite useful in many high-end graphics usages in organizations as well. All right. They've also added support for the Authenticator app when you use Windows 10 S or Windows 10 in S mode. Oh. So when you go through your out-of-box experience with Autopilot, I would guess as well, mm-hmm. you do not need to enter your password. It's enough to enter your account and approve the sign-in using your Authenticator app on your mobile device. So you cool. don't need to enter your password, which is great. Yeah, it's it's super user friendly. Uh, you can sign in using it, and so on. It's it's great. All right. Eye control improvements. I actually have my Toby tracker with me today as well. Even though Toby isn't going too well at the stock market currently. Oh. Uh, but they have added several new controls to iControl. Control, and if you haven't tried iControl, Control it's actually super useful and it works fairly well. So we have discussed it previously using what use cases you could have, but it's actually a decent addition to Windows. And it makes sense from an from an accessibility perspective, but also in s- some scenarios where you can't use your hands for other per- other reasons. Such as surgery. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So you have new things so you can actually click now really yeah <laughs> nice yep so i haven't tried it out yet uh, i'm waiting for my new pc so i can install my in the inside release aka on this one. the
0: behemoth exactly all right but it's it's
1: not really it's it's now. it's a
0: laptop with a xeon cpu it is a behemoth period <sighs> you didn't want to talk about the weather i don't want to talk about your machine You're also talking to
1: a guy who had top five largest PCs at DreamHack once in a time. So I'm used to have fairly high-end stuff. There is
0: so much that I don't know about you.
1: My PC at the time weighed about 35 to 40 kilos.
0: We're going to have to continue this discussion (laughs) offline because I want (laughs) to know about this.
1: So they rebranded Windows Defender they've added, they've done Bluetooth improvements, which is freaking awesome. It's so much easier now to add a Bluetooth device to your
0: machine, because that's a stupid way to do it now. That I very much look forward to since I usually have quite a few Bluetooth problems. Yeah. Oh, I haven't
1: seen this. They have a clutter-free printing in Microsoft Edge. So it will actually be able to remove like ads and things when you print a web page. Oh, that could be useful. That could be very useful. So, app permissions. So, it's a huge new build. New things for Windows subsystem for Linux. And so on. So, lots of amazing things happening. I can't wait for the skip ahead ring, which will be open soon, I guess, for the RS5 releases. Mm -hmm. So, Great things is about to happen with Windows as always.
0: Cool. That really sounds very interesting. Yeah.
1: And also, progressive web apps. They are coming. Yep. They have been a long time coming. Yeah. I just want to add one single, one one small point mm-hmm. and then I'll leave it to you. You can actually get paid to change from let's see what they... Google Drive. Right, right. Box. Dropbox. Dropbox. Yep. Box, Dropbox and Google Drive. So they will actually pay the reminder of your existing agreement with Box, Dropbox or Google Mm -hmm. if you license at least 500 users with Wonderful Business or Office 365. Right.
0: And -hmm. that's super exciting. So, it is. it's never been a better time to change to OneDrive. No. And OneDrive since uh, 1709 is excellent. Yep. Most yes. of the time, it works just excellent. Yep. Then again, I find Dropbox to be more consistent and more reliable. But I think that is just a matter of, of time. Yeah. And uh, since I have everything else in, in 365, OneDrive is the way to go. Yep. Well, uh, I'll use the, the last few minutes to talk about a new Power BI uh, desktop uh, version that came out in, in February. No. Yes, they come out every month. <laughs> and Apparently. Yes. And this one was kind of sneaky since the number of things in the February updates were ginormous. Oh. And some quite... Do you know how, how large the Power BI team is? No, I don't. I know that the CAT team is not that many, uh, yeah. but the Power BI team, I know. they have, I know of four... They're, of
1: they're just skilled.
0: F- yeah, four or five people that do... Uh, there are program managers. Yeah. So there's bound to be quite a lot of people. Yeah. So for instance, uh, one of the most... Uh, Exciting features: sync uh, slicers across multiple pages. Yeah, I saw that. Even I understood the yep. brilliance of that. It is. It, it it makes you. It enables you to do stuff with reports that you have not been able to do yep. earlier. Overflow data labels for bar and column charts. If you have serious outliers.
1: Now you have you to put this in in English.
0: So, if if you have a bar chart. Yep, and you have have several different numbers. Yep. In, in bars but you have a serious outlier that just goes on yeah, and yep. on and on yep. how do you want to scale the thing yep in this case you can scale it to show the majority of the numbers but in one specific case you see an overflow ah that is also very useful yep you can search the formatting and analytics pane which is very nice since some um, visualizations have a lot of a um, lot of settings you can mark a custom date table. Earlier you needed to import or create a date specific date table, but now you can just mark a table to be a date table and you get all the the magic inherent in a date table, such as if you have a date, which quarter is it? Yeah. Which year? uh, What day of the month? Yeah. What day of the week and so on and so forth. This is automatic now. And we had that discussion a couple
1: of episodes ago, right?
0: When it comes to date tables, yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. So now the thing you talked about by then is now integrated as a part of Power BI Desktop. Yes,
0: that's pretty much obsolete. Yeah, wonderful. So, and, and it, Yes, useful. It very useful. Since this means that you don't need to create a new entity and you don't need to keep track of an entity, yeah. that pretty much costs horsepower. Yeah. And it will be eas- more easily accessible
1: as well. Yes, if you do it for for someone who isn't used to working with data or databases and so on,
0: definitely. Yep, we have better improve, uh, performance improvements for Dark Query. Yep. Dark Query is always um, a difficult one. Some for some things it is completely necessary, and some things it's going to kill your performance. Yep, and you can oh yeah, you can multi-select data points across multiple charts. Oh. Yes. Oh, Yes. So you can really slice and dice the data uh, graphically in a way that uh, you haven't been able to do previously. So this is a very cool update, lots of interesting sneaky features. And it is also a harbinger of what is coming. Yeah. If they do this just between two months, consider what they'll be able to do in... A month, two months, five months. Power BI is moving forward with such a...
1: So what are you missing now? What what would you like to see as new features? Have you anything in particular?
0: Oh my. Uh, It is a very good question and I'll have to think about it. But I will think about it until next week. And on since, that bombshell, <laughs> since it is time to end the show, and and uh, this this episode could be the the stumped Alex episode. <laughs> <laughs> that should be something. Yeah. Well, we'll be back next week, hopefully with Simon being less uh, sick. <laughs> I sure hope so. Maybe. Well, thanks for listening. See you then. Bye. Bye.